Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Connected Divergence podcast. One of these days I am going to make an intro maybe that captures all of these things that I typically say at the beginning of the podcast, but today is not that day. So welcome to the podcast. My name is Tina Etheridge. I am a radical ADHD and ADHD acceptance coach. And today we're going to talk about something a little bit nuanced, um, feels a little meta. Today we're going to talk about how to go inward instead of seeking outward in order to search for answers or crowdsource answers. So if you are the kind of person that when you have a conflict or an experience that you're like, oh my gosh, I don't really know how to handle this. Um, you might have the experience where you write your, it's a, what is it called? An intellectualizing, right? This cognitive intellectual exploration of let me think my way through this and finding yourself hitting dead ends over and over. Like if you're traveling in a maze and you keep going into the part of the maze where it's like, oh, this is totally blocked off. I now have to go back and try a different way and boop, there it is again. And so when you experience that discomfort of you've been intellectualizing, you've been thinking about this problem or this conflict um, that you've been having so much that you're like, ah, I can't figure out the answers. I don't know what feels right. So let me search outward. Let me go outward. Let me ask my friends what they think I should do. Let me ask my family members what they think I should do. Let me search the internet and Reddit to see what other people have done in this situation. And so before I really jump into this, I want to preface that searching for templates is not a morally bad thing to do. That is not what I'm trying to say with this episode. Templates are often something that neurodivergent brains really appreciate and help us and benefit us and work really well for us. So I'm not talking about the kind of experience where you're like, oh, like, cool, I didn't even know that this was an option. I didn't even know that it was possible to do it this way. That is so helpful that um, I've learned that this is an option for me. And right, like, I'm not talking about that experience. I'm more talking about the experience where you ask your friends, you ask your family, you devour the internet to try to find the answer, and you still leave all of those experiences feeling like, no, that's still not right for me. If you heard my phone, I'm not sure if you can even hear it, but if you did hear my phone, my boyfriend asked me out to lunch today, so that was really nice. All right, back to it. So the idea that I'm exploring with you today is not, again, um, the experience of like, oh my gosh, this is a template, this is so helpful, like, yes, examples, that's great, this is useful for me. It's the experience of I am constantly searching outward, I have been searching outward, and I still feel uncomfortable. I still don't feel like I found a solution. It still doesn't feel right. You know, this advice that I've been getting, these books that I've been reading, nothing really fits. So I first want to address one possible reason why this might be happening, and you might relate to it, or you might have a different reason, but here's what I've experienced, and here's what I've noticed that many of my clients have also experienced. And it is that as neurodivergent people who were once neurodivergent children, we often do not have the experience of being allotted time, patience, space as young children, young adults to 
seek inward and ask ourselves what we need. We probably got to that point by having parents that didn't have a lot of space to sit with us in patience and ask for what we need. And so without that, we never really developed a language for how to express our needs, how to ask for help, in what ways are even possible for us to ask for help, or how to feel the somatic and even just like the nervous system experience of like, oh, doing it this way feels really good. Let me lean more into that, right? This is connected with our intuition. This is connected with just our sense of like a gut feeling of what feels right. But again, being often wired for templates, right? The template that we were provided in so many cases of our lives, our societal, cultural, religious, familial expectations of this is how it's supposed to be done. And we were often said, this is it, this is your option. And often not asked, what feels right for you? So for me, and I think this experience is fairly reflective of a lot of my clients, it has felt like I have this mental muscle, this brain muscle that has been atrophied for years and years and years because I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know that I was allowed to have needs. I didn't even know that I was allowed to um, like have this experience of being like, I have no idea who I am. I have no idea what I like, what are the things that I enjoy because my whole life I've been putting on this performance for other people, to please other people, to try to meet these, you know, expectations, these rules that were handed to me and the whole time feeling terrible. So again, this mental muscle, this going inward, it is a skill, a skill that can be developed. And I've seen it developed. I have people in my life that are currently raising children neurodivergent people raising neurodivergent children who are incredibly neurodivergence informed, right? Like they have done their research and to see these young children being able to advocate for themselves, for their needs to their teachers, right? Like can you imagine a four-year-old telling a teacher, no, like I have this accommodation. I need, I need, I need this. I need to do it this way. Or remember, like, I have this time accommodation or whatever else, right? Like, the thought of a, I don't know, I'm bad with ages of children, but like, I guess a six-year-old child is probably six years old, if we're talking about schooling, to be in a position where they are advocating for their needs and their accommodations for their neurodivergence to their teacher, like, holy shit, that is amazing, right? Like children who are able to advocate for themselves to their grandparents, right? Not people pleasing to their grandparents being like, no, I don't want to hug right now. No, I don't want to do that right now is mind blowing to me because that was not my experience in any way, shape or form. And I'm guessing it probably wasn't for you either. So, right, like this massive contrast in experiences for me kind of highlights that, wow, this was something that like a part of my emotional education, um, my social education, not sure what the right word is there, but like that I did not receive, right? (laughs) I did not receive that level of education. And so I, as an adult, am, right, I have the opportunity to do it now. And so this is what reparenting, right? I'm sure you've heard the term reparenting. Um, It's pretty popular nowadays, but this is what the term reparenting means for me when it comes to my neurodivergence. It means 
figuring out for the first time in my life, how do I, instead of crowdsourcing, instead of looking for templates, what should I do? What do other people expect me to do? What am I supposed to do? Asking what is best for me? What does kindness look like to me today? What do I need today? What would make me feel supported? How could I make this feel easy? All of these questions are internal exploration questions. And if you don't have experience with asking those questions, it can feel like, you know, sometimes it's like a nervous system. Um, what's the word? Oh my God. Dysregulation response of like freeze, fall and flight. It can sometimes feel like that. It can be like, uh, you ask yourself that question, what do I need today? And your mind goes totally blank because again, it's like a mental muscle that is atrophied. But that doesn't mean that this muscle is permanently gone or torn or injured or doesn't exist. It exists and it is here and it can be built up. It can be strengthened. So I am going to give you one of the strategies that I first learned how to use when I began this journey of trying to figure out what do I want? What are my needs? What do I like? What makes me happy? What makes me unhappy? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? Because I was in a place where I did not have those answers. I could so easily, so easily communicate like this is what this person expects for me. This is what this person wants for me. Um, this is how they want me to behave. But when I would ask myself, what do I want? What is best for me? My brain would go totally blank. So the strategy that I'm sharing with you today is the one that got me started on this journey of being able to go inward when it comes to making my decisions instead of crowdsourcing. So here's what I would do. When there was something that had come up that was kind of a binary choice, right? It's either, yes, I go to this party or no, I don't go to this party. I stay home and I would not have any clue what I should do. I would go to my room and I would lay on the floor, right? I had this soft carpet. So I would lay on the floor of my room and I would feel the sensation of the floor supporting my body, right? The firmness, the, the feeling of the ground beneath me. And I would take a few moments there, right? Sitting in the dark, <laughs> having my phone off, and I would just breathe for a couple seconds, not forever, just a couple seconds, just breathe into that feeling. And then I would ask myself, what does it feel, what do I feel in my body when I think about decision A? And I would just notice, I would just notice and the kind of thing I was looking for, it wasn't this all the time, but like, does this feel light? Does this feel airy? Does this feel warm, right? Do I feel safe thinking about decision A? Um, like, how does this feel? And then I would give myself the chance to say, okay, now think about decision B. And now notice what happens in my body, right? And what changes. And a lot of times I would have one... <laughs> One possibility that made me feel warm, like warmth in my chest or this bubbly feeling or this hopeful feeling, kind of like this um, good pressure behind my eyes, right? Like this light behind my eyes. And then another one that would have me feel cold and dark and um, tight and tense and maybe even a little bit scared or um, 
gosh, I'm really trying to remember and sink into those feelings, but just a feeling of like churning in my stomach or a tightness in my stomach. Um, it could be all of those things. It could be totally different for you, but that was so often what I experienced. And it was something that I could only connect with, right? I couldn't just try to intellectualize it, try to cognitively think what is the most logical thing. I had to feel it. I had to somatically experience what is my body telling me? What is my nervous system telling me? And that was the first step for me for reconnecting with my intuition, right? My intuition has always been there. It has always been there, but that doesn't mean that I had the skill of being able to listen to it. And there were so many times that I did not listen to my intuition. So I think as, right, as you practice this, and, you know, of course, I'm not saying that you need to absolutely 100% do this the way that I described it to you, right? Find the way that's successful for you. Maybe you have no problem doing this while you're watching a chill soundscape YouTube video, or maybe you have no problem doing something like this while you're watching TV. If that works for you, I support it. I love it. Find what's accessible for you, but find a way to get out of your head and back into your body, right? And no, I'm not talking about, yep, start meditating every single day for an hour If your brain is screaming at you, no, that sounds awful. You don't need to do that, right? This isn't let me feel my feelings 24-7. Let me experience somatically 24-7. I don't think that's possible or even sustainable or maybe even healthy for most people. But I do think potentially it can be helpful to give yourself these opportunities, right? These sort of, um, these boundaried opportunities where you're not asking yourself to feel every feeling that you've ever had in your entire body, right? You're not asking yourself to feel into your feeling of a, you know, traumatic or stressful or any kind of horrific experience here, right? That's much much better done with the support of a therapist. But what we're talking about here is right a, again a boundary, a constrained, a limited scope, right? How do I feel in my brain when I think about this? And how do I feel in my brain when I think about this, right? This is a place to begin because what it does is it allows you to build up the mental muscle memory of like, ooh, this is what good feels like. This is what good joy, pleasure, ease, safety feels like in my body, right? We we need to reconnect with those experiences in order for them to to guide us like a compass into the path that right is of ease and comfort and safety and in order to do any of that we need to know what it feels like and the more that we connect with those somatic experiences the more subconscious this level of processing is going to be so in other words the less you're going to have to think about it and the more it's going to be super intuitive super natural super flowy super easy you're going to have moments where you just instinctively recognize, oh, that makes me feel shut down, closed off, tight, dark, versus that makes me feel relief. And so now pretty much every sort of like binary, I suppose, decision, I mean, I always try to find the gray area, right? I try to, I try to break away from my all or nothing thinking when I can. But when it's truly like, do I decide to go on this trip or do I decide not to go? I will connect. I will do exactly this. I will connect with how it feels because when I do that, I know it's my gut. 
I hope if you are someone like me who has historically felt very disconnected with their needs or their desires or even just who they are, I hope this is a helpful mindset download or at least possibly gives you a template, right? Templates are not bad for you to access what you need, what you want when it comes to this area in a way that feels accessible for you. Thank you all so much for listening this week. I hope your week is going really, really well. And I will talk to you all next week. Take care, have a good one, and goodbye.